Welcome back to another episode of Sea Student Theology. My name is CJ Pierce, and I am the pastor at White Sulphur Baptist Church, and I am your host for this podcast. Uh, today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Bethany Pierce. It is my wife, and I'm excited to have her here for this conversation. Today, we're going to be talking about ministry families, what they look like, the difficulties, uh, and the joys of being in ministry. Bethany has a really unique perspective that's also very well-rounded on this particular topic because she was raised in a ministry family. Her dad mm-hmm. is a pastor, um, and many other family members are pastors or in ministry to some degree, mm-hmm. and now you're raising pastor's kids and married to a pastor. That's right. right. Okay. So what I would like to do is give you a second just to kind of talk about your story and then uh, we'll get into some of the questions. Um, I grew up in Kingsport, Tennessee, and I lived there for about 13 ish years, um, at a church called first assembly, um, like assemblies of God background, Pentecostal, And then my dad took a church in Monterey, California, right as I was going into high school. So that was a really big move, big change, big transition. Um, And then I met you my senior year of high school. Um, And then we moved to Ione, California, and then to Kentucky, back to California, and back to Kentucky. All right, so we've been all over the place, huh? Yeah, it's it's been a a good story. So uh, let's start back with you in childhood. Uh, Talk a little bit about what it's like growing up as a pastor's kid. Um, I think it can be a lot of fun and kind of scary at the same time. So for kids, I think you are kind of held under a microscope a little bit um, to a degree. And then on the plus side is you have like a really big family that kind of takes care of you. So that can be really fun. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, Do you have any specific uh, kind of like sweet memories of growing up? Uh, Maybe something that would be unique to you in the church or uh, in the building or with the church family or anything like that where you could look back and see like, wow, that was really special and unique, and I'm glad I had that experience as a kid. Um, Every Easter, we would go to um, this sweet, sweet couple in uh, the church in Tennessee's house, and I grew up doing that for years, and that is something that I still talk about and I still think about. So that was definitely one of those sweet times where they kind of adopted us into their family tradition. Okay, that's really nice. Yeah. I like that. So, uh, when you think about being a pastor's kid, uh, and you think about observing your parents navigating ministry, right? Um, are there any examples that you could share where, um, you, your parents taught you something a valuable lesson, maybe like, you know, watching them minister to people, love on people. Um, would you say that you, uh, would you say that growing up in that home, um, helped prepare you to be a pastor's wife? And if so, like, what are some things that you learned maybe from your mom, from your dad, from both that kind of helped you, um, be more prepared for where you're at now? Um, definitely. I think that my dad is a huge people person and my mom is a very graceful person. So I think watching my dad, um, he was a 
gift giver in a sense of being frugal at the same time. And so I remember watching him randomly bring dinner to people at their work or people at their house or making random house visits and just going to love on people and care for people and be with them, um, not just through the phone. I think my mom was someone who just walked with grace and has always been that way. And so that is something that like I aspire to be like when, when I grow up, the older I get, like, however I phrase that, I think. Yeah, no, those are, that's good. Um, can you talk a little bit about, um, so we, so we talked about, you know, you growing up in a pastor's home, um, what that was like a little bit. Can you talk about, um, your experience being married to a pastor and maybe even before you get to that point, um, talk about when you were growing up in that home, did you ever stop and think like, this is exactly what I, what I want to do when I'm older? Or did you ever stop and think, uh, this is definitely not what I want to do when I'm older? Um, did you ever have that experience? Um, there was definitely, (laughs) I think it did lean a little bit more on something that I wanted to avoid. Okay. Um, (laughs) because (laughs) ministry can be difficult and, um, it's not for the faint of heart. Sure. And so, but I think that God had other plans. Yeah. (laughs) And here we are. (laughs) Here we are. All right. So now being on the other side of things and being married to a pastor, um, can you talk to your experience in that? So uh, I was in youth ministry for a few years. Now I'm a lead pastor at our church here in Kentucky. Um, What is it like being on the other side of things after having observed it for so long with your parents? It's wild. <laughs> Ministry is wild. Okay. Um, I think it's great. I think um, it is a lot of different feelings watching your husband pastor a church. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are feelings of sometimes like you just want to be a part of the congregation. Sure. And then there are times where you feel excited to be helping lead the congregation Mm -hmm. and i think it's just like a whirlwind of emotions that you can feel yeah no i I think that's true for sure so uh, we've talked before about um the idea that yes i have a calling on my life right as a as a pastor like i I believe that god has specifically called me um, to preach the gospel to uh, shepherd his church to um, care for and love on his people right in a unique kind of way mm-hmm. um, but at the same time we've talked about how the the family of a pastor also has a kind of calling right to to this life and so can you talk a little bit about that talk about um, what is it like to like do you believe you have a calling to be a pastor's wife even if it wasn't what you originally planned? And also, do uh, the children of pastors um, have a unique kind of calling? Like, is this a family or, you know, a family effort? 100%. Okay. I <laughs> I don't believe that just the husband can be called to ministry. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I will kind of plant my flag <laughs> on that statement. Um, just from my experience, I... I notice the difference of when the family is called and 
when just the husband believes he's called. And I just don't believe it's very healthy. Um, and I think it can create a lot of difficulties for that family Mm -hmm. and the church. Yeah. Um, and so I think that there might even be fears that when the husband is called, the wife might feel like, well, why don't I feel called? Or what do I feel like if I'm supposed to be called? Like, and I think in those times, like God will reveal that to you eventually. Yeah. You might not feel it at the exact same day, hour or time, but Mm -hmm. I think that God will reveal his plan as promised. Yeah. No, that's really good. So what about from the kids perspective? Um, the kids just have to buckle up and go along. (laughs) (laughs) They really don't have a choice. So it's true. They, they don't have a choice. (laughs) Um, but at the same time, I don't know. It's so mysterious in a way because I think we've both talked about before, like we can see that, that Piper, especially she's a little bit older, so it's a little bit easier to see, but she really does care for the people of the church. Like, you talked about she goes up and prays for, not prays for, but checks on Miss Mary, right? Yeah. And she does routinely pray for people in our church, like at night when I put her to bed. I mean, even in the store, if we tell her something that's happened at the church or someone had surgery or needed to go to the hospital, yeah, we have to stop everything that we're doing and we pray for that person. Absolutely. And... Piper Piper makes sure of it. Yeah. Yeah. Even if like as an adult, you're like, oh man, this is really inconvenient timing. It's the sweetest thing to watch your four-year-old like growing to have a heart for people and for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So even the kids, I I see them stepping into some things, right? And Mm -hmm. and sharing in this love uh, for God's people, which I think that that is... That is the part of the call that we all share as a family, that I really believe we love our church and that we love the people that God has uh, placed us with, right? And we all share that uniquely. Um, And how that plays out is different. Like the way that I um, fulfill that calling is different. The way that you fulfill it is different in the kids, but the the love for the people is all the same, I think, across for the whole family. So, uh, okay, I've got a three-part question for you. Okay. All right, so... Let's just say hypothetically, mm-hmm. okay, I know what's going to happen is is you're going to turn this on me but and not be able to roll with the whole this is hypothetical thing. Okay. But let's just say that you have an opportunity to sit down with a young lady who is uh, dating a guy in seminary, okay? He's preparing to go into the ministry. Uh, He believes that's his calling, right? So she is likely headed in the direction of being a pastor's wife. If you could sit down with her, um, what are some ways that you, what are some pieces of advice that you would give her? And what are some things that you would encourage her in? Um, First, it's time to put your big girl pants on. (laughs) What does that even mean? (laughs) um, I think it's a nicer way of saying buckle up. Okay. Um, there's so much that you could tell, spe- like specifically a a girl that is preparing for ministry, but she's not leading it. Right. And so I think um, one thing that I have learned is have tremendous amounts of grace towards your husband. <laughs> Wait, because he's a big dummy? <laughs> Um, (laughs) begin to realize that even though someone 
can be called to be a pastor, mm-hmm. they're still a broken sinner. Okay. And he's just a man. Yeah. And that's really important to remember when your husband is also your pastor. Like he's he's just a man. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah. yeah no, I, I'm, I'm tracking with you. Yeah. Um, uh, your your husband's going to be a big idiot sometimes and <laughs> that you got to love him anyways. That's what you're saying, right? <laughs> And this is completely <laughs> hypothetical. Uh, this is never, yeah, it doesn't happen here, right? This is nothing that you no. have ever experienced, right? That's a, that's what you're saying. Okay, uh, I just yeah. want to make sure that we're clear for all of the listeners that <laughs> you know, all six of them that routinely listen to me. So, oh um, gosh. <laughs> um, so have tremendous amounts of grace and realize your husband is um, a man being called into ministry, and I think um, learning to support him in whatever area he needs it and that doesn't always mean physical okay so sometimes in a season you might need my support through prayer Mm -hmm. or sometimes you might need my support through protection in an area Mm -hmm. of i would say i need your boundaries yeah i i would say that i need your um your support from prayer like in every season but, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but but know. maybe maybe for specific things in specific seasons. Yeah, would you say that's true? Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so, what what would you? How would you encourage her? Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think my encouragement <clears throat> would be um, know that if God calls you to it, He will sustain you through it. Mm. That's really good. So there might be a season of difficulty or a season of pain. Mm -hmm. Um, God will sustain you through it. There might be a season of joy, a season of celebration. God will sustain you through it. He'll see you through it. Mm -hmm. And so learn to fully rely on Christ. And I know this sounds bad, but not your husband. No, I think that's really good, actually. Like, can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, I think that when you put... <laughs> T- tell them more about how I've let you down and you had to uh, rely on Jesus completely. <laughs> <laughs> Just a one-woman show over here. <laughs> well, well, we know. Shit. We know. Anyone who knows you knows that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I think that when you kind of put your husband as your priority and not Christ in ministry, it can get really messy very quickly and feelings get hurt and um some sort of separation occurs like even if that's like resentment or emotional like i'm i'm mad at you today like i can't i don't want to minister with you today (laughs) i think that um that can quickly cross lines that shouldn't be crossed okay when you are together and you're like hand in hand and you you keep your eyes on Christ and the goal of ministry which can be a big goal right but yeah you keep your eyes on Christ I believe that God will I mean just from my experience like either keep emotions at bay or help you work through that stuff and like give you a little bit more logic instead of feelings (laughs) (laughs) okay no, that's good. That's good. Um, one thing I wanted to circle back to, you said like, you know, if God brings you or calls you to it, he'll sustain you through it, right? And I think that the first thing 
uh, that comes to mind when we hear something like that is uh, that we were talking about seasons of hardship, right? Right. But also, like, I want, one thing I want to remind us of is that, like, that one of the big temptations, and I think we're seeing this very clearly um, in the world today with situations like Mars Hill, Hillsong, right? Those are the easy ones to point to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, so there's dangers and hardship because you can feel like, where is God, right? Like, has God right. turned his back on me? But then the danger when things are going really well is that you start to say, look what I've done. Right. Right. Look what we have built together. Yeah. When really we've done nothing. Right. Right. It's, it's God. It's the Holy Spirit working in people's lives. Right. It's the gospel of Jesus being proclaimed and um, the Holy Spirit working in people's lives to respond to that and, um, and those things. And so God gets all the glory. Right. And so, yeah, when, when um, he calls us to it, he'll sustain us through it. Yeah. Uh, he'll sustain us through the hardships, but he'll, um, he'll also be faithful to sustain us through the temptations towards pride. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, um, so we have this hypothetical conversation going, right? Where you're getting to talk to this young lady, um, who's preparing to marry a man going into the ministry. Um, you've given her some advice. Let's talk about the, the young man. So let's say you get a chance to sit down with him also, right? What are some, what are some pieces of wisdom advice you're going to give to him regarding ministry, um, his wife, his future children, and how would you encourage him? Um, just remember your family and your wife. Um, your family is your first ministry and will always be your first ministry. Um, you might have a thriving mega church, but sometimes like at what cost Mm -hmm. and i believe that when your family is your first ministry and you're you're a team you're together whatever that looks like that is the most important thing um when you're healthy i I believe you can lead a healthy church okay yeah that's good um and you know like bouncing off of what bethany just said your family has to be your first ministry. Um, and like, like I've talked to her about before and like I've said to other people, you know, your, your church can always get another pastor if they need one, right. They can put a search committee together and they can find another pastor, but your family doesn't have that luxury, right. They can't find another dad, another husband. You're it. Yeah. Right. Like you, you have to get it right with your family. I think another thing that I would say, not from experience, right. This is, completely hypothetical mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. but watching my dad and you be mm-hmm. pastors um i think something that i would tell them is like it's okay if your church is not exploding in numbers mm. quality over quantity and it's really easy to get people in the doors of a church right and maybe even come back the next sunday but What's not easy is truthfully and truly discipling someone to Christ. And that takes a lot of work and that takes a lot of time. And I think that I have been able to see that it can be really discouraging when you feel like you're not growing fast. You're not growing a church quickly. Mm-hmm. And I've just noticed that... I'm doing my best, Bethany. <laughs> in pastors, I think that that 
feels like a defeat when Mm. it's really not. There could be a lot of growth happening behind the scenes that you don't always get to see. Yeah. That's really good encouragement. And I think that's a trap that the majority of uh, pastors fall into at some point, right? The the numbers games. Yeah, definitely. Uh, And maybe even especially starting off, Mm -hmm. right? Because maybe they're for a variety of reasons. Maybe you're caught up and you think like, well, yeah, those guys' church aren't, isn't growing, but uh, I know how to preach a sermon, right? And so, of course, mine's going to grow. Um, And so it might be, you know, some point of pride like that, or maybe it's just that, um, you know, you've kind of bought into the lie from maybe the uh, consumeristic culture, right? That more is always better. Right. Um, But like you said, it's definitely uh, quality over quantity. Yeah. Right. I mean, Jesus had 12. Right. That were the closest to him. And so, yeah, no, that's really good stuff. Um, Okay. So you've been able to talk to the hypothetical young lady, the hypothetical young man. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's say that you can talk to their future kids. So if you could talk to some pastor's kids, right? Um, You've lived that life. You've been there. Uh, what are some pieces of advice that you would give them and how would you encourage them? Um, the first thing that, (laughs) the first thing that comes to my mind is, um, whenever we're in the car. Okay. Again, so you have immediately made this not hypothetical. (laughs) And CJ is driving and we're going over this like really big speed bump and we just nail it. We go as fast as we can. CJ always says, hold on to your butts. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> First of all, that was, that's not part of the script, but I think that, that uh, let me, be... let me just explain this. Okay. okay. The, the very first Jurassic Park movie, right? Uh, when they realize, <laughs> when they realize all of the dinosaurs are breaking loose because the electric fences are down. Um, is it Samuel L. Jackson? I think it's him. He turns and looks to the other guys in the control room and says, <laughs> Hold on to your butts, right? Sure. And so, okay, I'm just saying, like, I didn't come up with some weird phrase on my own. Uh, oh. And the kids watched Jurassic Park with me once, and uh, ever since then, they thought that was the most funny line ever. And so now... So when, now we say it every day. Well, now when we're in the car, <laughs> and I'm going to do something, I'm going to drive a little bit faster, or I'm going to take a corner hard, I'll yell, hold on to your butts, and the kids die laughing. So. And they physically do. And they, they physically hold on well, to their butts. <laughs> I may have added to the story that if you don't hold on to your butt when dad <laughs> says that, that it'll fly out the window. And so both the kids are afraid of losing their butts out the window. Anyways. I think that would be my piece of advice. I just scream it from the <laughs> car. Just hold on to your butt. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe you brought this up. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can't believe it, but okay. That's funny. So is there any anything beyond that that you would tell to a pastor's kid? What would you tell to younger Bethany? Oh my gosh. If you could go, let's say that you could go and talk to 10 to 12-year-old Bethany. What, I was such an emotional kid. What would you say, you know, specifically about being a pastor's kid? Be patient with your parents. Okay. Um, it's not all about you. Um, I think that when you're older, you see those things, right? You realize when you when you become an adult and you're kind of thrown into the world and especially the world of ministry, like it's, it's not all about us mm-hmm. more of him, less of me. Yeah. And so I think that if that's something that I can gently and gracefully instill in my kids, that 
it's not all about us. So I don't know, maybe just like learn to be patient with your parents and give grace. Like that's the two main points I think that keep getting brought up is like ministry takes a lot of patience and it also takes a lot of grace. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, really it's an early call to pick up their cross too, right? Yeah, definitely. And and to uh, lay down selfish desires, right? And it, it's an early lesson. It is. Um, but it is a lesson in, um, selflessness. Yeah. Right. Which doesn't always seem fair. I think for sure. Like I can definitely understand that, um, living it. So yeah. How do you learn to do that with also healthy boundaries? Right. No, I, I think that's true. So it's, it's tricky and it's messy at times. Um, one thing I wanted to circle back to is, you know, if uh, I had the chance to sit down with you and mm-hmm. talk to this young man, right? And like we've talked about before. Um, what would you say to younger CJ? Oh, man. What would I say to younger CJ? That guy was annoying. <laughs> I think Do you that... need to expand on that? <laughs> okay. This is my interview, Missy. Okay. Um, I think that I would say that you've got to um, become a student of your wife right? That you've got to really know her. What does that look like? And and deeper than just like her favorite TV show, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which I won't put you on blast right now, but no, no, it's fine. Anyways, we're moving along. Wouldn't want to do that to you. Anyways, um, (laughs) I think that uh, it's deeper than that. It's figuring out like what are her gifts that God has given her? What are her passions? um, What are her callings outside of your calling? right? Mm-hmm. That, that God is, is pulling her towards. And then once you know those things, then the next step of your responsibility is to help uh, create an environment at home, at church and other areas of her life as much as you can, uh, where those things can grow and flourish and she can thrive. Yeah. Right now, I'm not saying, don't hear me say that you're ultimately responsible for her happiness because you're not. Um, I'm saying that you do have a responsibility to um to actively try to create an environment she can thrive in what would that look like um so that would look like creating opportunities where i can so um let's say that uh you have a just uh, a hospitality gift right which i think you do and we've talked about this before i think that's that's one of your main giftings from god like Mm -hmm. that people when they come to our house they feel warm and welcome and, uh, you know, many people have told you that before that yeah. you're, that you're a good host. And so just really good at it. And so if I know that, right, that <laughs> yes, you are really good at it, <laughs> Bethany. If, uh, if I know that and I've learned that, then, uh, it would be wrong of me to never invite anyone over. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I should be looking for opportunities to have people over to the house often enough to where you feel like you get to exercise the gift that God has given you. Yeah, that makes sense. So that would just be a practical example, right? And it just yeah. depends on what the per- what the wife's gift is. Um, but the responsibility is on that husband to be figuring that out and then figuring out how to do that. Right. Right. Um, and then we've talked about uh, like protecting each other. So as yeah. partners in ministry, um, like we're not co-pastors, right? But right. we're partners in ministry. And so... Tomato, tomato. Bethany. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know how to get me wound up. 
Um, and so like we've talked about before, like whatever we're in, we're shoulder to shoulder in it. Right. Like we're, we're working together side by side. Right. Um, and one thing that you've brought up before is like that idea of protection, um, for each other. Yeah. Right. Can, can you talk about that a little bit more? Like how do we protect each other? Um, I think that looks different, um, to everybody. So, um, sometimes I think a wife can protect her husband and it doesn't mean like fighting, right? Like protection in the sense of so like, not nunchucks no <laughs> okay um <laughs> protection in the sense of setting healthy boundaries like hey today's your day off and we're not going to be answering phone calls today mm-hmm. and i think that's okay mm-hmm. um protection in the sense of saying no to people which can be really difficult um and then how I do you think, have to do that as a pastor's wife say no to people well, I can't be involved in everything, mm-hmm. um, even if I wanted to. Yeah. And so I think that can look really difficult because I feel like when you're called to something, you you want to do it wholeheartedly. You want to do it 100%. And so especially if it's something that you love. And I think that when you stretch yourself too thin and you start to say yes to everything, you know, some things start to fail. Some things start to break apart um, or just not flourish like they could be. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I think that uh, the idea of protection goes both ways, right? Um, so we're, we're protecting each other's hearts, mm-hmm. uh, we're pro- emotions, right? Uh, protecting each other's thoughts because I think that um, the enemy... Uh, goes after the thoughts of ministry families, uh, maybe not more than other families, but in a unique way, right? Probably uh, unique to their context and their calling, right? Um, and so, yeah, all of those things are are really important. Um, there was <laughs> there was one story that we've talked about before, where uh, we kind of got to see your dad do that, right? Like protect you, mm-hmm. um, like so you had made a mistake, right? Go ahead and say and, it, CJ. No, no, no. It's not, it's not, it's not mine to share. Yeah. So it's yours if, if you wanted to share it. But I keyed a car yeah. uh-huh. and then I went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> and I was only 18 years old. Right. And very emotional. Right. Okay. So you keyed a car. You went to jail. I was actually the one that had to call your dad. Right? And he went back to sleep. And tell him what happened. And when he answered the phone, I told him what happened. He said, let her rot. <laughs> And I'm not joking. He said, let her rot. And then he went back to sleep. So her mom and I spent all night at the jail. All <laughs> wait, night. Waiting for her to get out. But yeah. Um, anyways, that, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is, so you uh, you did something wrong. And uh, a, a deacon at the church <laughs> yeah. uh, decided that because you're the pastor's daughter, Right, and you did something wrong mm-hmm. that you should have to stand up in front of the church on Sunday morning, uh, publicly repent and apologize to the church, and this whole big, you know, basically theatrics right. that he wanted. Um, and your dad said no to that. Yeah, right? really quick, really quick no. Right, that's so, a hard pass. <laughs> yeah, and and so what we got to see, like now looking back on it with some maturity, uh, we can laugh, right? Because sure. we can see like he's There's not been enough he, time. <laughs> Like, he's not going to let you off the hook, right? Yeah. So he's still being a dad, 
And I think being a good dad uh, means letting your kids face the consequences of their actions sometimes. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Not always bailing them out. Right. But at the same time, he didn't Gotta allow. keep up with my pen pals. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. It's because you haven't been to jail. Oh, <laughs> Bethany, that is ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways, um, so he didn't let you off the hook because you're a pastor's kid, but he also um, didn't let someone be more harsh to you. Correct. Because yeah. you're a pastor's kid. And so I think that's just a good practical example, right, of that balance right. that needs to be struck. All right, Bethany, as we are getting ready to wind this conversation down, um, is there is there anything else that you'd like to say? Any other thoughts that you have? Any other encouragement? Maybe to other ministry families. Maybe there's um, a woman listening to this podcast um, in the same stage of life as you. Anything that you would like to say to her to encourage her? Maybe she's going through a hard time. Maybe she's going through a good time. But just some uh, sisterly advice that you could give to her. Um, you are stronger than you think. You can absolutely do this. Uh, not on your own, because again, it's not about you, um, but the goal is Christ. And when you keep that in the front of your mind, I do believe that it can make things a little softer, a little easier to push through and, um, you know, keep up the good work and keep up the fight because it is all worth it in the end. Um, I think something to learn together is... It sounds dramatic, but, you know, you don't go into the battlefield empty-handed. So you learn to be a team and you do it together. You guys are in this together and it's important to remain together in this, in any aspect. Yeah, that's really good. Any other thoughts? I don't think so. Okay. Hang All on right. to your butts. <laughs> Hang on to your butts. I really don't want that to become the catchphrase <laughs> of my podcast. So uh, please stop saying that on my podcast. Anyways, uh, Bethany and I are planning to do a marriage series here on C Student Theology, which would be a few weeks long. Um, if you have questions, especially difficult ones, address those to Bethany. Uh, you can do those in the comments. On my new podcast, B Student Theology. That's not funny. <laughs> You're just being mean now. Okay. Anyways, if you have questions, if you have comments, if you enjoyed hearing Bethany on the podcast today, just leave those in the comments for us. I will make sure that she doesn't read them. Oh I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, we, we've enjoyed having this conversation together. I hope it was an encouragement to you. Um, I hope that it encourages you to um, to dig a little bit deeper uh, uh, when it comes to studying your spouse, when it comes to preparing uh, for the ministry. And so with those, we will leave you for now. Until next time, keep on studying.